Good morning. It's test free on Barbie's Park podcast. She calls it Barbie Does Chains. Um, she's out right now, and I'm uh, going to read a short story. This story is called Don't Put Lenny in the Furnace. It was written a long time ago, and this is test-free. Don't put Lenny in the furnace. I was in kindergarten somewhere in the 1950s in a class of smart people at a Catholic school of good children. My class was in the basement downstairs, was in the basement downstairs room on the left with the green Hulk paint smeared on the wall. I sat on the far back left corner seat under the one half back window, which occasionally had spiders in it. It was a dim room with metal covers over the light bulbs and a very little natural light, being it was underground. The walls seemed to be wet all the time. It was cold. I felt safer from people way in the back by the window, even though a steel grate was over it and I couldn't have gotten out even if I tried and it scared me goofy. I always had to plan my outs in every room that I was in. This day, Lenny, the cripple, was a bad boy, and he had been talking, and sister called the janitor, Mr. Dundee, to come and get him. Sister said the discipline for talking was to throw Lenny in the furnace with all the trash. Well, I wailed and wailed as Mr. Dundee parked his trash cart with the two metal garbage cans and all the mops and pails and the green stuff that they throw on the puke, and he waddled into the room and sternly lifted crippled Lenny straight up out of his seat and put him in the large garbage metal garbage can atop all the garbage and onto the janitor cart that had the wheels. Lenny's limp legs dangled in their braces. Mr. Dundee took Lenny's crutches and put them in the trash can too. If they were going to burn Lenny, no one would need his crutches. They both said Lenny had to be thrown in the furnace for talking, and I remember screaming out, Please, please, don't kill Lenny. Since I was not shutting up, Sister sent me to see Mother Superior while Lenny went on to the furnace and Mr. Dundee's cart with the mops and the solvents and the trash and with tears streaming down his face and a wet mark in his pants. I guess I loved the loud echo moaning sounds as I prayed for Lenny at the top of my lungs not to be burned in the furnace. I screamed all the way up the tile staircase from the basement to the top floor to Mother Superior's office. Everyone in the whole school heard me wailing, Mother Mary and Jesus, don't let them throw Lenny in the furnace. Oh, please, God, Father, help us. I was so cold as I dragged myself up the stairs on the freezing cold steel bumpy railing. I wanted to die. 
I reached the top of the stairs and stood outside of the half-glass window on her door until Mother Superior flung her door wide and grabbed me by the wrist as I covered my face. She pounced me in the chair. It was so cold. Mother Superior took the opportunity to call my mom at the factory. We had a long wait time for people to go down to the factory floor and fetch my mother up to the boss's office so she could have a quiet talk on the phone with all the bosses listening in. Mother Superior made me sit down. I sobbed and rocked myself, pleading for her for Lenny's life. She shushed me and told me to stop crying to forget about Lenny. I couldn't. When Mother Superior got my mom on the phone, she asked me to read aloud a label on a candy bar wrapper she had given me. Given me. She asked me to read the name on the candy bar over the phone to my mom. I, I couldn't understand why she wanted me to do that, so I just read out what this said on the candy bar. Whorehouse candy bar. And they're throwing Lenny in the furnace, I said, wailing. What does that rapper say? What kind of candy bar is that, Mother Superior? I said, it's a whorehouse candy bar, and they're throwing Lenny in the furnace. Oh, I was hollering at the top of my lungs, please don't kill Lenny, and I set off a fresh round of tears. Now Mother Superior really has something to talk to my mom about. It seems the word powerhouse and whorehouse are mixed up for sure in my head, she told my mom. They did not, that did not distract me from Lenny. Hey, hey, you bitches, you witches in black, Lenny is being thrown in the furnace right now. I finally got the bitches off the phone. I didn't give up blathering and fidgeting and begging Mother Superior to spare his life and to stop Mr. Dundee from roasting his ass in the furnace. He's only got polio, I screamed. He's only got polio. Maybe he'll heal. I pleaded for his life. Mother said nothing, nothing. She grabbed my snotty, cold arm and walked my shivering, freezing self downstairs into the classroom in front of all the kids and all the way back to my seat. She pounced me in my seat precisely. As I sat down and looked about in the front of the room, I couldn't believe my eyes. I was stunned. Lenny came hobbling back in on his crutches, sauntering back into the classroom and back to his seat. His pants were all wet from peeing. This couldn't be. I was beside myself for joy. Our friend had been spared just because he couldn't walk and he was going to get a prayed-for pass, a Jesus pass. Jesus had interfered and Mother Mary had stopped a killing that day. I believed I found out what love was that day because I felt a river of warmth, warmth flow through me. I loved the nuns even if they did not smile. Forever I went to the statue and thanked the Virgin for sparing Lenny's life. I believed if I pleaded adults could stop killings. Mother Superior didn't say anything to me, but she held me in my seat stiffly. I smelled, I smelled the stiff starch. Lenny was alive. It was a certain miracle. I sure knew she had power. 
I had other help at being a good Catholic girl. My very own personal specialized guarding angel sat next to me on my seat during school. She was trying to hold me down and keep me in my seat. I hang off half of my ass over the side of the seat into the aisle so the angel can sit down in case the angel is fat. I talk to my friend Angel all the time, especially when I'm outside. My guardian angel reported everything I did wrong to Jesus plus the nuns and floated up into the belfry towers watching us kids saying, I will be up in that landing in that shadow watching your every single move, the nuns told us. If you move, laugh, or walk out of step during the procession, you will answer it to me later. Do you understand? Well, I've been up there in those belfries myself, and I know it's a real place above the pulpit where they spied on the whole church. In the main tower, they could spy over the whole town and tell Jesus everything. They were there at all times. The nuns have power. They were closer to Jesus than I'd ever be, and they were holy. They were holy enough to make me right-handed from left-handed and to confess sins I never actually committed. I said what they wanted to hear, especially when they trained us to go to confession. I swore ten times. That was a lie. I swear all the time. I hit my brother once. That's a lie. I don't ever even see my brother. I take the name of the Lord that I got in vain. That's a lie. I say Jesus all the time, like I'm begging or screaming for help or saying, Hey, Jesus, here I am. Jesus, Jesus. I wish I could say I hated my mother like no other, but to who? All is well in Catholic school. I said my present. I said my penance. We, my guardian angel and I, began to live in bushes and built little forts around the town where I lived without fear. My little houses took the look of just like real houses. I knew what real houses looked like because I had been in a few and I peeked into windows at night to see their peacefulness. I saw people eating at tables and reading. How odd. No hollering. I have forts throughout the neighborhoods in case I can't go home. One that stands out from... from all the bush forts was buried in a lumber pile at the lumber yard. <laughs> I love that one. There were giant piles, piles of stacked round fence posts that were stacked up to the sky, and I created a square open opening deep in the center of the pile by pulling and tugging out board after board, pole after pole, <laughs> strung in to create a room of my own in the center. Time was something I had plenty of. I was safe and tucked away and amongst my carved up shaved trees. Of course, getting in meant wiggling in and crawling and slithering in through lots of wood and sun somehow I'd end up in a perfectly square opening that I'd made into a real home. Safety. I dragged all my belongings in and set up house really, really safe and free. I love to burrow in. Maybe I was a, a rabbit or some kind of furry animal. I love to nest, to hug myself, my things, for as long as I could. <clears throat> I spent a lot of time out there, silent. People would walk by and not even know I was there. 
It was a time of hiding, burrowing into the largeness of being inside a tree with the river water raging five feet from my head. How at home I felt, how happy. When I was hungry, I went to the nearest store and I grabbed something. I ran like the wind and told myself how I hated walking. Every time I had to walk, I cursed shouting, God, walking is so boring. I ran everywhere. I wanted to teleport. God's real punishment on us was having to walk upright. My hips hurt and I never had good shoes. I had wings on my feet. I was alone and pledged to myself that people would have to look hard to find me, and I like that. Maybe, well, people gave up trying to catch me years ago. I had gone invisible as well. But how would I know? I do know that Lenny lived to a ripe old age. Thanks be to God. The end. Thanks for listening. Test free.